Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that despite many attempts and the support from David Lynch, cannot get into transcendental meditation. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our trip through the new French extremity finds us testing boundaries and getting philosophical as we ponder upon 2008's Martyrs. And whether or not you've reached enlightenment, you can listen into our show, Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. I'll open your sub-dungeon hole. Always beware of the sub-dungeon. Right? Like, a dungeon's bad enough. Sub-dungeon, that's even worse. Deal breaker? It's extreme deal breaker. There we go, there we go. Well, <laughs> you can find our um, non-sub-dungeon uh, shenanigans out on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook, at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and flayed shenanigans. Wow, there is no good way to go with anything with this film. <laughs> I know. Just from the sub-dungeon <laughs> to flayed. Oh, good Lord, good Lord. Well, uh-huh. as this episode is releasing on Friday, November 19th, all you have to do is head over to screenland.com, where they have your non-flayed shenanigans taken care of indoors. Out in, and virtually. Thankfully not outdoors right? now. You would get flayed and be cold. It is, but it's so weird because it's like 70 one day and then like 40 the next. We live in Missouri, my friend. It's Kansas City. Right. If you don't like the weather. Just wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. Now. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of stuff that's just, just tough to play anymore, uh, our latest Friday Night Fright happening on the 19th. <laughs> Is a great film. Yes. Great director. Yes, but uh, the Headless Horseman isn't the only specter in that movie. He seems to follow us everywhere, <laughs> and I can't necessarily he who shall not be named because, sadly, Jeffrey Jones was a great character actor, but darn it, his he taint now, it just, you're just, hey, oh. You probably shouldn't talk about Jeffrey Jones's taint. Oh, yeah, so, well, yeah you're right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Needless to say, come on out despite that for Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, <laughs> if not at least for Christopher Walken and all of his <laughs> good, goodness there. Mm-hmm. I, a movie that is still surprisingly, not it's not gory, but, but it's violent. I mean, it's chopped off. It is probably, I mean, Tim Burton is known for, not known for violent, but when he brings violence, he brings violence. He does. And also come on out for Casper Van Dien. Right? Because Starship and, Troopers was in 99, was it not? I would like to know more. He had a hell of a 99 there. Yeah, he did. And Lisa Marie as the witch. Yes. Just, just ethereal and floating. And, and Christina Ricci. And the use of an Iron Maiden. Right, excellent, and that, exactly. It's it's got a <laughs> lot, a lot, despite the presence of one Jeffrey Jones. Uh, so come on out for that. Now, next Friday night's fright. Mm-hmm. This is actually cool because it's very rare. Mo- most, if not all, of our Friday night frights 
are typically retro screenings. Mm -hmm. So it's very rare when we get to unleash a brand new movie. Yes. And not only is it a brand new movie, it is a brand new movie that stars one Bruce Campbell. Uh Uh-huh. Devin Sawa and the Sawa Sons. family. Uh-huh. And Michael Jai White. Dynamite. Dynamite. We are going to be watching Black Friday on Black Friday. It's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to it. Uh, what, I did see the trailer. Again, I was trying to avoid it, but it looks fun. Yeah, it does. And it's nice to see, number one, Bruce Campbell and Michael Jai White in the same movie. Right? Right? I am. That's that's like a combination I didn't know I needed. The Black Dynamite Evil Dead crossover? Black Dynamite Bubba Hotep. Ooh. I would go any and all of that. Um, but then what's kind of great with that that week, actually, is it is Thanksgiving week, Thanksgiving weekend. On Wednesday, not on Thanksgiving, it's going to be kind of an appetizer, but on Wednesday... We will be there, and I hope you all are too, whether it's going to be a first-time viewing for you or if you were there last year when we screened it or if you've seen this and you need to see it on the big screen. Wednesday night, we've got Blood Rage. Mm -hmm. That's not cranberry sauce. Come out just to see Luis Lasser's performance in this. Luis Lasser. You got it. You did it. Because you said it first. It's like, yeah, like, (laughs) recuerdos a todos, recuerdos a todos. Now, at this point, if Big Jim Slade <laughs> crashed through the door right now, da, 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 dee, da, 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 da. if he picked you up and then gave me the little salute, <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that because well, Nightmare Junkhead does come equipped with <laughs> yes, various whips and chains, and the capital of Nebraska is Lincoln. <laughs> My apologies if you have not seen the Kentucky Fried movie, and also, can we recommend that in good faith? Yeah. Okay, check it out. But then on Saturday... Be prepared. Be prepared indeed. Be prepared, though, on Saturday to have a good time. From 1986, we're breaking out Chopping Mall. A Crampton classic. Yes, indeed. And sporting the Crampton crimp Mm -hmm. in it as well. And it's got probably one of the best head explosions this side of Scanners. And let me just say this. You do need to show up early for the pre-show because I am going to have a Greatest Hits of head explosions right uh, nice of course but what's kind of weird though is this is a little off kilter because it has been tradition for at least how many years now like five where the kansas city horror club would present chopping, chopping mall on black friday but when we get the chance to have black friday on black friday and chopping mall on saturday and thank you, Kansas City Horror Club, for making that happen. Because when I was first brought that, I was like, oh, I don't know. That just seems weird. But you know what? We're getting Chopping Mall. We're oh, getting yeah. Blood Rage. We're getting Black Friday. Now, also that weekend, uh, the repertory screenings, the weekend of the 19th, we have an animated film, which is an I've seen that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've seen all of his films. Oh, yeah? But come on oh. out for Spirit Away. Oh. I love Mizuki. See, I've I, I've seen Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service. My favorite is My Neighbor Totoro, right behind Ponyo. Or like Totoro and, what, and Ponyo. Oh, I love those. So, movies. are they worth my time? Oh seeing? yeah, Spirited Away. The cast is great, and it's a great story. I mean, it's a proper good. It's it like he's known as the uh, Japanese Disney for a reason okay so well and I've always felt a little overwhelmed with certain anime and animation no this is all like family friendly everything is like G or PG but 
it's still a proper good story and good adventure and it's always absolutely gorgeous now there's some are more kid friendly than others but yeah no spirited way is fantastic and that's just it i've heard nothing but good things about it so that is going on this weekend now a new release and <laughs> it just it's appropriate anything horror horror adjacent just seems to be divisive and i know this isn't necessarily horror adjacent but ghostbusters afterlife is coming out with the sexiest man alive paul rudd kansas city native mm-hmm. i want to see it i'm going to see it but i'm going in with low expectations and but that's coming from someone that grew up with ghostbusters you know i saw I saw it at a drive-in my first time. Yeah. So I I have a legit nostalgia for it. But again, kind of like how I am with some of the 80s franchises where it's like they're best viewed and left in the 80s. I'm just wondering if this is best left in the 80s myself. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, that being said, uh, if you would like to support Screenland from afar, you can indeed do that. (laughs) Davey. Uh, You can go to ScreenlandOnline.com where they have a number of films that you can rent. Uh, but if you'd like to become a member of their film family, you can do that as well. Head over to patreon.com slash screenland, where they have a number <laughs> of perks, including a biscuit rolling. What is he rolling? A lollipop. Is it the lollipop? Him and his damn lollipops. <laughs> well, we don't offer lollipops at Screenland as part of their perks, but one of the tiers is a number of watch parties, of which we are part of. In fact, our latest Shutter shout-out will be coming up on Saturday, November 27th, where we always stream a couple of films off of Shudder. Mm-hmm. And we thought, well, you know what? We're lucky enough to see these films in the theater, but what about the people that, again, that are outside of that? Right. Well, sure enough, Shudder is streaming both Blood Rage and Chopping Mall, which I cannot wait to actually talk proper about it. Mm-hmm. Now, talking proper, we do because uh, you can stream Shudder on your own, but if you join the uh, Screenland film family with our little watch parties, and Genius, you like to say... It's the, the home night, game. The it's Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare, junk, Nightmare Junkhead home game. Well, we provide for you a customized pre-show, introduction, trailer reels, and of course, the post-film discussion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, and with, and with uh, those two movies. <laughs> yeah, we'll have plenty to talk about. Uh, so yeah. if that sounds <laughs> like that's up your alley, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. But genius, we're talking Patreon. We're talking film family. A bellies. We have our own little crazy film family uh, being put together at Patreon. And special shout out to film family members Dustin, Diana, and Chad as they came out for our last Friday Night Fright, which was Joe Dante's The Howling. Such a good movie. Such a good proper werewolf orgy movie. <laughs> well, it's... I can technically... Just solo sex be considered an orgy? No, but you know they got freaky deaky. Oh, yeah, they definitely got freaky deaky in the outdoors. We just didn't see it. That's part two and three and four and five. Well, in part three, they get freaky in the pockets, too, since you have some marsupials. Fucking wear kangaroos. But this was technically your second time seeing it. Uh Uh-huh. That's rad. And we got to see it in theater one. Yeah, which up on the more big, rad. Which was even better. And so to see like Robert Picardo. Being like a 50-foot creep and transform. And bubbling everywhere. Right? It was awesome and it was loving every minute of it he's and again such a great contrast with american werewolf where he they're not enjoying no it's it's, painful but like it shows like hey hey hey." of course because it's rob botine and he's like showing like hey werewolves can be cool and have fun yeah okay cool they they, (laughs) just love the fact that 
Uh, oh, Cubs also, aren't eating out of the, the wolf chili. And also, uh, uh, film family member Lauren was also seeing the howling for the first time and and had to go was like, wait, Slim Pickens? Slim Pickens? Like, yes, yeah, Slim Pickens is Slim in this. Pickens. Everyone is in this movie. It's so freaking good. And what it was are like, you doing over there? Well, it was a 4K restoration as well, so it looked wonderful. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Screenland, for making that happen. Uh, but over at Patreon this month, we just released our Candyman commentary. <laughs> and listen. Yeah, babe. It's a very serious film. Very. One we... Uh, we hold in high esteem and regard. Very high esteem. But let's just say that commentary track went a little off the rails. It went crazy off the rails. Ideas of <laughs> Little Elvis and Little Candyman. We had Dandy Man. Dandy Man. We had Gary Busey's Candyman. We had the Hider in the House versus Candyman. Right. <laughs> Again, we didn't add anything academic to it, but I'd like to think. And tiny candified ads. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> And also, uh, on this very day on Friday, as part of the I've Seen That Challenge, which if you just join our $1 tier or above, you're going to hear my thoughts about The Spine of Night, which is that animated, recently new released animated rotoscoped film. Mm -hmm. Let me just say this. If you're on the fence of watching this movie or not, it's definitely a callback to those old school Raph Bakshi films. Yeah. I'm going to say this without hurting myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Drawn Dong is hung. John Dong's hung? Drawn Dong is hung. Wow. Yes. And what's the best part of it when it started, it starts off with these like really cool company logos. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. And from the get go, one of my favorite things with those old Raph Bakshi films is you're always worried that your folks would walk in on you because it's an animated movie. It should be safe. Right. But there was always those moments, whether you had like full on nudity or like in Wizards when she's, you know, right. with that. You can, very revealing. Yes. They're going to walk in and go, what the hell are you watching here? I mean, like, let's, I'll be honest, fucking uh, Toon Squad, lost, uh, Lola Bunny launched a thousand fetishes. I got a fucking Cool World poster upstairs. I think so. we've talked about your thing with Cool World <laughs> and how that is not a deal breaker as uh, well. Oh. Well, let's just say from the get-go of The Spine of Night, the very first animated thing features a full frontal female nudity. And so from the get-go, I'm like, okay, it's that kind of movie. So to to hear our thoughts on all of that and then some. Can you imagine there's some dude who's like, you know what, I'm getting paid to draw dicks. (laughs) You know? Meanwhile, like people are doing it for free and just giving it away. This guy's like. Shit, I'm rolling to the dough now. So it should be noted that because of our conversation with Candyman and talking about Hyder in the House, I finally watched it for the first time because it's streaming on Amazon. Yeah. There's a moment in the movie where Gary Busey- Hangs has, dong. He doesn't hang dong. No, I shouldn't. Oh, that was Piss my, on the Yankees. Oh, that would, I would have been tweeting about that. I would have texted <laughs> you. I would have texted every single person what here. What haven't we heard about this? Like just shouted from the rooftops, like ringing the bell. Dong. Dong. What day is it? <laughs> Why? Why it's Gary Busey Hanks Dog Day, sir? You go buy the biggest, fattest goose. <laughs> Thank you for saying biggest, fattest goose, because in my head I'm like, oh, God, please don't go there, genius. Please don't go there. But if you did, I would like to think it would still the kind of giggle that you hear in this movie from Gary Busey, and that's where I was going with initially, <laughs> was he has a giggle that is wonderfully obnoxious. He would appreciate it. So 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So for all that and then some, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead, <laughs> where we have every tier from a squidly diddly to another time. Another place. <laughs> Good lord. Good lord. Now I'm the martyrs. <laughs> you know what? Let's get our giggles in now. Let's get all the levity we can, because good lord, here in the month of November. Can you imagine the think pieces people are gonna like when they like they're doing research on martyrs or like the most disturbing films or something? Like, oh, what's this? Somebody did an episode of Martyrs. Let's check it out. This very serious film over over here. Hey, buddy, we're gonna talk about like French torture people. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Would have made martyrs better if when the collection of old crusty white people show up, if Gary Busey was in there with no, Jake in tow. Gary Busey was fucking Mademoiselle. Just, <laughs> just coming down the stairs. Only, does he get to wear the head wrap? Yeah, exactly. He wears the head wrap and the whole fucking fake eyebrows and things. Hey, everybody, just keep on doubting. And then just like... <laughs> Never stop believing. Reach for your goals. <laughs> so my apologies is if anyone was coming here for some serious conversation. Because I was thinking about it all throughout while we're watching this going, this is going to be a dour episode. Like, right? <laughs> there are no going to be guffs, guffaws, or anything, and yet we're 16 minutes in, and good Lord, the places we have gone. Oh, Would boy. you say we've transcended? We have. We have. We, have we witnessed? Yeah. <laughs> But I feel flayed. Oh, good Lord. Well, and we uh, when we were looking at putting this together for the month of November. We knew it was going to be bleak. We did. And I think we've got to reach for every laugh we can. Because there is nothing fun no. or funny no. about martyrs. Right. And I think even if we were watch, like during Watch it, there's like no jokes to be had. None. It was almost as quiet as the end credits of this film. I mean, every now and then, like... Uh, rider, rider, rider. <laughs> and then like, mm. ooh, <laughs> not nice. <laughs> so it should be noted that this is not technically. Like we all turn into Bronson like, hey, hey. Well, you know, he asks the famous question, what is this for? It's kind of like, what what is this movie for? It's not. It's for, not for Jack at all. No, it is not. No, it is not. Because if you're doing that to this. You're, Fucked up. I, Normally we don't judge, but I'm gonna judge you if you're pounding one out to martyrs. Uh, uh, so let's go back to where it all stemmed from. <laughs> we talked about it, and this movie did compete in 2018's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. It went far. Yes, it did. It went far. It went way all the way than I expected it to. Into the hateful eight. Yeah. So at this point, I would like to go ahead and issue another apology to both Adrian Torres and Heather Wixon. <laughs> They had to sit through this film, and like I said, even with Adrian and us, it's the one that went through, and I think even Adrian sent his apologies to Heather as well. Right, and I think, like, I think I think we said it on the show, like, this is a really good movie, but it is not going in the rotation. It's just everything else with the new French extremity. It's one of those that I'm going to experience and probably never revisit. Unless it's for an episode. Right. Well, see, I'll go to bat for high tension, mm-hmm. you know, because I think it's dope, but, like... Like I was telling you earlier, like this, when the movie ended, all right, and on behalf of Greg D, I'm Jamie McGee, everybody, thank you, drive safe, you know, watch out for, for like, sub-dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, and again, you living your life the way you do, based on films, do you take away any certain life lessons from Martyrs? No, just like, uh, 
No. No. Okay. No. Just because you, you, it's a this movie's so bizarre because you at first you don't know who to root for, and then you're like, oh yeah, fuck those people, but are they? And then when you, and then that's just the first half, and then it becomes like French torture, and it's, it's like Guantanamo. And it very much plays like two films in one. Uh-huh. The first half being a oh, home invasion revenge film. And then the second part, like you said, it veers into the torture porn territory. And that I don't even like the phrase torture. Porn. I don't either. And I don't think it really does that justice. I mean, I'm not saying that like I'm a big defender of the torture porn right. film genre. But at the same time, you know, there's some stuff I dig. Like I dig Hostel 1 and 2. You know, but I can see why people wouldn't. Well, and I think a lot of those films and the Saw series, I'm always down for, and that's considered torture porn. But it's not. No, especially that first one. You right. know, it does veer into that territory. But and there's, I mean, but there's that whole subgenre that exists of movies that I think are designed to kind of push you. Not mm-hmm. even necessarily New French Extremity, but the torture porn-esque ones. Right. The ones that where torture is built into the films. And then the extreme gore and the extreme, like, um, grossness, you know? That, I mean... I can't, I can't hang with that. I can't hang with, like, goratorium. Or no. Not, or vomitorium, and f- you know? Oh, and we basically get this with not crusty brand gruel in this one. No, that looked like imitation crusty brand gruel. But what always bothered me though, is I just assumed almost like an audition just where, where that is coming from. When we get that reveal that it's being blended, I'm almost wondering given the nature of them, if it's like, if it is all organic, but it's just nasty organic stuff. Like it's the, it's the, it's the vomit from a bovine cow, but it's like grass fed and you know has a name right well but you know at the same time i don't know if that's if it's the fatty in me but if you throw like what all you need like is rutabagas and like kale juice and just like all this all this protein and stuff to just to barely have to keep you alive i'm sure on their own their flavors taste weird but when you put it all together it probably tastes like dookie i yeah, mean you know especially yeah. if you throw in i don't know what the fuck rutabaga tastes like but i'm sure it don't taste good i'm sure you're not gonna find out are you exactly okay. i mean you can have two pounds of ice cream and two pounds of shit and you put it together and you got four pounds of shit i just remember when wheatgrass shots were a thing a big thing yep. you know and you would go in and you would order a wheatgrass shot at like coffee shops like give me give me a wheatgrass shot or put one in the thing and I'm like that sounds gross. You're making like this wonderful smoothie, you lucky bastard that you can eat like, you know, sure. a proper smoothie with milk and all that goody. Now you're gonna fuck it up and throw two pounds of shit with your wheatgrass shot. Oh no, they're gonna take it separately. It, it's it's a pretty nasty thing. But I wrote Arf. down just in terms of the special effects in this, real, raw, and messy. It just everything in here looks like it's weighted down. It just doesn't look pleasant and looks wet and sloppy. Oh god! And when we, I think that we didn't even laugh, but we, were, I think we we're all like, "Man, this had to be so uncomfortable mm-hmm. shooting because it, most of the characters in this film are just constantly covered right. in viscera and gore, and very there's just not a lot of like clean moments no. in this movie. No, it's not because like we were talking about going back to the torture porn aspect. The last. Well, the last like 20 minutes, 30 minutes of the movie is just a girl getting the shit kicked out of her on a daily basis. And before that, we got uh, one half part uh, 
home invasion and the other part high tension because i was even thinking i wrote down in my notes it's like this is the second film in a row where we've had like french girls freak out and hurt each other or hurt the other people or hurt themselves absolutely and there's i think we'll find a through line through a lot of those films just the ones that we're going to be covering and like i said i'm going to try to go and see a few of the other ones for first timers but again there's a number of other kind of connective tissue that we see there. And again, there's this idea of uh, being isolated, mm-hmm. uh, the idea of this like psychosis. And looking back at the kind of the three things that they were looking at initially was the extreme, what do they say, the visceral violence or the bestial violence, mm-hmm. the overt sexuality, and then like the haunting psychosis. And again, this kind of only ticks two of the three, really. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, implied mm-hmm. love at the beginning, but, like, after that, it's mostly violence and trauma. Yes. I mean, the whole th- the whole through line is trauma. I mean, that's part of her psychosis. And, and that's the one thing, oh, shit, if anyone knows the show at this point, they know I legit love these kind of recent horror films that are more of more thoughtful takes on trauma, like, mm-hmm. shit, Relic. Yeah. That was one of those Ooh. that, yeah, the past, it passed down to us definitely. Yeah. But that's an, you know, an interesting way of dealing with, and I, first time I watched Relic, I realized it was dementia, but I just thought it was trauma. Right. And technically, you, you know, you can read it that way, but the way trauma is depicted in this movie it's as this scary. Oh, I mean, you got home invasion with James Wan. Yeah. You know, because it's very insidious because it's 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 so it's movement. It's still human, but it's showing in shadows Mm -hmm. and the disjointed movement. Like when she's coming out of the bathtub leg first and then the the arm and then that fact that she's so disfigured and ugly and you don't know what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. until about the halfway point. And you're like, oh, shit. And then when you realize that, it, you know, this manifestation is someone that she knew and then she's got like this survivor's guilt mm-hmm. on top of all of the other trauma that she's going through. <sighs> this film's loaded with a lot of subtext and text. And that's just the first half. That's not even getting into then the quasi philosophical I'm just going to call them rich, bored, white people <laughs> and having fucking a lot Mademoiselle. of. Mademoiselle. Oh, my. <laughs> only only if mademoiselle beat people with a uh with a uh the, the little base, baseball bat with, with the, the peacemaker pe- with the peacemaker that would be coming full circle there she rolls up to the house in the silver bullet but can we put her in the pantheon of like all-time kind of great baddies just as kind of someone that is or oh I, I don't know i wouldn't call mademoiselle the all-time great baddies but she's got that perfect stereotype or not, not stereotype trope of being affluent and not caring and but thinking what she's doing is is for science and for the greater good you the know greater she's just good. Got the greater good so she's got this weird uh, um natural just villainous about her and the fact that she's got this such a distinct look with the big fucking day medna eyebrows and the turban going on right so she i wouldn't call her an all-timey but you've definitely if you saw like a picture of her you're like that woman is french and nefarious she's nefarious and it, and it's not because she's french no but she definitely looks very no very that, mademoiselle the whole organization with the whole cigarette on the little long stick and everything Come on now. And her name is Mademoiselle. I mean, at least it's not like Madam. Can you imagine if it was like fucking Wayland Flowers and Madam? 
actually, I'm not saying that you added Wheeling Flatters and Mademoiselle. Like, look at the look at the eyes. How many people do you think know Madam? <laughs> and I mean, none. It was a puppet. None. That was a celebrity right I mean, she show up on fucking hollywood squares and whatnot but she wear turbans too she did she and did she had this big old eyebrows and stuff. now here's the now here there's chicken and the egg yeah this, <laughs> we'll get there eventually we'll just stop right now so let me ask you this because there was definitely a lot of controversy when this film came out because it's brutal as shit it's brutal and this came out in 2008 2008 the world wasn't ready for this level of brutality honestly i don't know I think that there's still a lot of reactions after 9-11. You have a lot of the stuff that's, again, we mentioned last week that some of the stuff in the New French Extremity was kind of a reaction to right-wing extremism. Mm -hmm. And in this, I mean, if you basically look at this idea of the bourgeois. Yeah. And, again, this life of leisure that they can do these things. Enough disposable income to put money into research to basically torture people. Yes, and to, to employ see what goes life after death, yeah, yeah to, to employ, employ the, these people that yeah. they have a designated function in this whole process, and as we understand, it's a process, and they have a whole cool work from home program too. So, like, that's very helpful. Yeah, are they forward thinking? They, they are. have like good dental, they, they you know, four hundred one k. I mean, enough where you can raise a family in a nice affluent house, and the and the teenagers going to law school, yeah, and little girls going like to swim class, because yeah. you know they have personal trainers for that shit. Absolutely, so that's not cheap. So those two scientists are making enough dough to survive in like France. And what I love though is kind of the ambiguity of that opening scene and that the first half of that film basically because it just seems initially like this is just your everyday family going through their everyday average routine except for the the dead mouse thing that was a little gnarly. what the fuck was up with that yeah i was like okay cool so she's a do-it-yourself but she's like look what i found in the drain check it out while you guys are eating breakfast oh get away haha <laughs> family ties dun, 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 dun. right very sitcom x and then after but right before we saw like this 12 year old girl getting force fed and then here we have happy family and you're like, OK, there's so. so much. We talk about this being a brutal movie. I mean, the opening of this movie, because of the ambiguity and because they're hitting you with so much stuff and they're not holding your hand, mm -hmm. it's tough to take in as well. Mm -hmm. No, I it's and going back to this. So it's been about three years since I've watched this Same. and it'll probably be another long time before I watch it. But. I really do think that this film works because it's still shot really beautifully. Uh, there were three people behind it that were the cinematographers. The score, I think, really adds a punch. The special effects in this are nasty, gnarly. So, I mean, like, in terms of what I want from a horror film, just hitting those kind of basic boxes, mm -hmm. it works. But the delivery method, you know, the message behind it. Like you said, this doesn't go in my everyday rotation. No, and even like the stunt coordinator to like get hit because some of those look like they connected, or at least when he's throwing her up against the wall, for her to not really get hurt. I mean, I'm sure a couple of bumps and bruises are going to happen. Sure, but a lot of that stuff looked like it fucking connected. Well, it's kind of crazy. Is this was a French Canadian uh, collaboration? So a lot of the people on the special effects team, in fact, the um, coordinator for this one, his name was, hold on, Jacques Godbo, Godbout, I'm probably mispronouncing it, got his start, we talk about head explosions, 
started working with Cronenberg. So he worked on Scanners on up. So That makes sense. It, it Again, yeah, there's a reason why it, it looks so good. Because it's not necessarily an explosion, but one, it, the squib work when the oh. is just very, very juicy. Mm-hmm. And when it's hammer time, oh, it's not a head explosion, but hammer time. Oh, please, hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> We got to pray. Yeah, that was too legit to quit because she brought the hammer down. And Nicholas. Ha, the hammer jokes. Nailed them. <laughs> Nicholas Becker was the Foley artist on this one. Not even going to acknowledge that. Uh, and so much of the sound design in this movie from the the second that the flame began, when you hear that numbing squish. And, oh, or, oh. or, or when she's uh, oh. she rescued the girl uh. and she's pulling the staples oh, out of her head. Oh, God. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen this movie and you're intrigued, it's just as gnarly as it sounds. Oh, it's, and for those of you who have seen the movie, you're probably wincing right now exactly, listening to this. Because we all did. And what's, what's funny is, so we watched this on Tubi. So the old question, to be or not to be, when the commercials would kick in, we'd be in the midst of... Of having the staples removed and the blood coming down, then the ad would kick in, and it's like for Olive Garden. Right. It's for Domino's, and it's like, oh. It's not the right time and place. It is not the right time and place. <laughs> Although, like, at the, sub- the to give Tubi credit, like, at least the uh, ads were timed well. That's it true. It wasn't, like, in That's the middle true. of, like, something and, like, ah. Uh, thank you for calling Domino's or like hey, come to Mademoiselle's Olive Garden where you're treated like family and then it's just gruel and staples but you do get water that's good right you're hydrated yeah, is oh. your suffering immense uh, okay so I'm trying to think here of do we I mean we've been talking about our thoughts and what have you there's a moment in this movie and again we're talking about this idea of her Dealing with this trauma from her past, and it's these, it's this manifestation. It's hurting her, or as she's hurting herself. Oh, when the final attack? Um, not even the final attack, but there's that moment where she goes, and this was when when Lucy was still with us. Mm-hmm. She asked, "Will I ever be free of this?" And that was that moment in the movie where it just it really hit me because we're all dealing with shit right now. But anyone that's dealt with trauma, anyone that's dealt with depression, you know, anyone that's going through it right as we speak. There's, you just wonder, you know, am I going to be free of this? Is, is it always going to be this way? And yeah. it's that stuff that haunts you. And it, you know, it's it just, oh, it's just terrifying. So, that, I mean, my heart went out to her when that happened. And, and the, then you add the fact that she was abused oh, from, like, six on yeah. up. I mean, it's just. And there's that moment when she, she picks up the blood and she's got it and she's trying to show the monster. And she's like, like look, look. Are you I've, happy? Look what we've done. I've mm-hmm. done this for you to try to, you know, just to just to ease and solve this trauma. That's effective for me, you know. And again, that's in the first part of the film. Right. And when we still have some of the ambiguity going on, because then we get that call from Anna and we realize that this is something maybe they've talked about. But then she went, you know, and did it. Right. And well, and, and did it violently. Oh, my God. But it's, like. Even before we get to the home invasion and we talk about Anna, um, just the journey, the fact that Lucy escaped this horrible facility and then when she couldn't adjust to society and rightfully so, because Mm -hmm. like who knows how long she was just tortured as a wee one. And so she finally meets 
Anna, and they have that bond where, like, she's the only one that she'll let talk to her. And mm-hmm. then even when they grow up and older in this plan, she's always uh, – Anna's always the motherly one. Yep. She's always the one taking care of Lucy and, like, yes, I believe you. And she knows, like, this is – spoilers again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not a real monster, but mm-hmm. let me help you. We'll – fight it together or whatever your plan is and like you said they probably talked about this but she's like fuck you, you did it where are you at and boy did she do it oh holy shit i mean violently so the severity S- stephen king approved oh good god and then some and just shows you again the kind of the violence of a shotgun and i'm of course it's a you know kind of you know st- streamed up a bit but just the violence and the severity and the suddenness of it mm-hmm. and it just goes like that and there's those little moments when you think maybe the kids will get away but no not indeed and she has that moment when she talks to them and it's almost that like that do you realize who your parents parents were yeah right and look at the life life of luxury you've lived while i've gone through this hell yeah they're raising two loving kids meanwhile down in the sub dungeon they're beating the shit out of loving you formerly loving kids and Imagine all of that going on, just the right under your nose. Yeah, and I'm not saying that there's karma or comeuppance that's deserved, obviously, with the parents, but because see, that's the thing. So we start off when we don't know what's what, the ambiguity, whether like this is really the people who tortured them or not. But whatever it is, they died violently, and the fact of the matter that they don't know what's going on, the fact that Anna doesn't even know mm-hmm. where she has her doubts when she mm-hmm. finds out, like, look, are you sure? How can you tell? And Again, spoilers. She's still alive. Let me help oh, her. Let me man, lock yeah, you. Yeah. You know, just to protect you from yourself and her. Yep. And let's try and help her out. Yeah. I mean, at that, but at that point in time, sometimes you got to cut your losses. A shotgun blast the dome. Even if you try, managed to get out, what was her plan? To leave her in the woods because she was gonna. That was the plan. She's not gonna survive. She's gonna get eaten by it's, wolves. It's, <laughs> it's the thought that counts at this point, and. I like the fact that you mentioned Anna's kind of motherly approach to everything because there's a moment in the bathtub scene when she finds the girl mm-hmm. with the plate and she's being very tender with her. Yeah. And there's just this like empathetic kind of feel to it. Reminded me of Relic, actually, at the very end of Relic when yeah. that moment happens and just the, just the, the tenderness to it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a brief reprieve of all the brutality. And it's just that moment of just... Take a second, breathe. Hopefully, you know, this is just a second away from the pain. And it's just, and it's almost like the viewer, too, because the viewer is just being bombarded yeah. with all this imagery. Well, and especially going back to her motherly and like the sad aspect of it is when um, Lucy dies and she covers her up like very tenderly. Meanwhile, she's dragging the bodies into the thing. Okay, so that's something that kind of stuck in my craw. All right. Anne is the one, of course, she's the motherly one, so mm-hmm. she's going to help out and try and clean up, right? Mm-hmm. But how come Lucy couldn't come up and help drag those bodies? It's the middle of the fucking rain. You know, she's over there trying to, like, middle of the night in the rain. She's trying to drag the bodies by herself. Lucy sees it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. We all need an Anna in our lives. The one that's going to go out and bury the bodies for you in the rain, knowing but, full well you could be helping. That's true. But at the same time, you can like say, hey, you kind of, I'm cleaning up your mess. This is a big job. Come on, help me out. It's, it's, it can definitely be talked. Is that a deal breaker for you? 
No. Okay. That's fair. See, that's yeah. fair. I kind of figured as much. That's kind of uh, stuck in Macrava. But no, actually, her whole discovery when we f- when she sees the sub basement, and she realizes that oh, holy shit, everything was true that she said. Yeah, that and even the first appearance of the steel faced girl, it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. You even mentioned you used to like, dude, this looks like a Cannibal Corpse album cover. Yeah, it does. And it's. <laughs> And it's kind of a giggle, but it's like, no, it's just frightening. It's terrifying. There's just something about that level of suffering. Right. And because right before you have like the greatest hits of like martyrdom displayed on the wall. It's like the it's like the it game wing of the modern museum of art. All framed beautifully shot beautifully. But that's also the first moment. And even when you're seeing it for the first time, you notice the through line. Of the ecstasy look mm-hmm. and that look of enlightenment that they're going for. In fact, what's kind of interesting with this is that whole idea of martyrdom being transcending into like a higher consciousness, seeing what's beyond and just seeing what can't be seen. Right. Uh, question, Dr. Pretorius, seriously, do you think that was part of the thing? Again, oh, yeah. Good intentions lead to craziness. I right? mean, I was also getting like Hellraiserian vibes. Yes. Yes. You know, just the seeking of truth to lead to plain and not only with the flaying of the aspect like a reverse Julia or a reverse Frank. Well, right. both. Both. But, yeah. like, um, but like seeing what's beyond and the curiosity of what is after we pass and all that stuff. Angels to some demons to others. And just like you said, Petarius, just that whole like. I want to know more. Fuck mm-hmm. everybody else. I'm going to kill whoever I need to to just. Whether it be pleasures of the flesh with Pretorius, or sure. just the general knowledge, like again the sin of knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Mademoiselle and her gangly bunch. Yeah, so. and and that's the whole thing—the whole idea behind their group that they are—they've been doing this for what, like thirty years at that? No, about f- sixteen years, I think they said, or something like that. No way, man, way a, longer, because it doesn't seem 70s. like that was the first time they did. Oh no, no, no! So it's it's been going on for a while at mm-hmm. that point. But the whole idea then that their whole organization is devoted to putting women, as it turns out, because women are more attuned to it, through such levels of suffering and like prolonged suffering. Right. That that they reach a higher level of where they're beyond pain. Beyond pain and just not seeing things as they really are. And then, they, like you said, you've got that whole from like 1917 throughout time. And there's even I know there's religious paintings mm-hmm. where you see a lot of that stuff. Um, there's the whole like idea of self-flagellation uh, of the pious, right? To the Opus Day, yeah. And, like, and so, also like 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 just hearing, seeing what's going on beyond. I think one of the the saints, like Saint, you have to one of the requirements for sainthood is martyrdom or right. something. You know who did that? Hmm. And this ain't Maud. <laughs> Saint Maud. Saint Maud actually is in the same vein of this. Really? It would actually play as an interesting double feature, I think, with martyrs potentially. <laughs> um, oh no! Now I see just like B. Arthur's Mademoiselle. Uh, you could throw the entire. That would actually kind of work. Yeah, you could throw Adrian Barbeau in there. Uh, I'm, that, that's all I know of of Maud with that one. And then there's Maud. But that again, that that whole idea of and it's you see it in a lot of religion. You know, just in terms of, uh, you have if somebody's going to pay for your sins, you're going to have to pay some way. You know, de- de- all debts are paid. All debts. These as Louise Lannister. 
but it does definitely does come from this idea of uh, this place of privilege. I, I assume these are the wealthy elite mm-hmm. of their well, time. They have to. Again, if you have enough disposable income to, to openly fund something that kidnaps people, tortures the shit out of them for, for years, mm-hmm. you know, and had this facility to do it. And like you said, it wasn't just there, it wasn't just women. It was they, they're like we found out yeah, that true. women work best. So you know they had to have like gone through. Old people, young people, men, women. They said even children. We yep. tried everything. So yep. we find this is worse. So it's like, God, if there's enough people have a disposable income to fund that bullshit, the, anybody who backs that Kickstarter is a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, that's an awful thing. And I don't know. I don't have enough money to fund a kidnapping multiple years worth. Not something I'm looking to invest my time or money in at right. this point. Uh, sad to say. No, not sad to say. <laughs> it's just It just basically shows every single person that shows up is definitely someone that deserves comeuppance, but they don't necessarily get it. Uh, in fact, um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the ending. Do you have other bits and pieces to get to initially? Oh, yeah. Let, lay that, on me. Um, when she's... When the, we get the attack of the ghosts of oh. the victim, and she's attacking uh, Lucille, the very final one, the one where, oh. like, okay, yeah, it looks like you killed everybody. Your mission is over. Come here. I'm going to hug you. I forgive you. And then she just kind of just starts ripping herself open. That was, I was like, ooh, that's hard to see. It's ho- it was mean. I mean, it was I don't want to say it was done lovingly, but there no. was the sense of like I'm, my demons have done, my quest is over. Yeah, but turns out trauma is never done with you, right? Unless you're actually really dealing with it, hopefully through therapeutic means, potentially. No, I agree. In fact, that whole thing, even when she's banging her head, that was hard to watch. I was like, God damn, that looks painful, and it's just like, ooh. And I did like the inner the inner sweeping shots of the monster, not the monster, and. Again, the the level of gore, it looks like it hurts. This is not stuff that when it happens, we're like, going, yeah, it's just like, no, you, we're not making noise. No, there's no cheer-worthy no. kills in this. There's a lot of violence and gore and, and death and squibs, but there's no like, all right, you know, there's no like happy deaths. No. Everything is just like, oh, it comes out of nowhere and it's brutal and then it's just gets more violent. And more brutal. And then the last half when it's just torturous, it's you're just like, well, there's no rhyme, no reason, just silence, just the sound of there's like, the sound fist. of the ladder. Yeah, the sound of the ladder, bum, bum, and then fist hitting flesh. Well, there's the escalation of the violence and the torture where it l- starts with just the feeding of the gruel. And then and man. The flame looked great. Didn't necessarily bother me. The slapping, the punching, the pummeling. That bothered me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just maybe just the physicality of it, but there's a shot of her when she's already on her way down and he punches her even more. Yeah. It's just, it's rough and vicious. And then the point when they start cutting her hair, again, to further embarrass and this and that, or just maybe eventually to make it easier. And again, the longevity of it as well. And then you see her transforming. Yeah. The, the whole transmorgification, basically, of the, the, the swelling and the callus. And, oh, my God. I it's, mean, it's it's like it's like a half an hour of somebody coming down, beating her ass for, for a minute or so, and somebody else coming down, forcibly feeding her, mm-hmm. lather, rinse, repeat. Oh. 
until she starts hallucinating. When she started hallucinating Lucille's voice, oh, that's and then she finally goes just with like one last whimper. She's like, "I miss you." I then miss the, you. That one, I was like, "Oh." Right in the fields. That yeah. one hurt. Again, and there are moments in this movie that I didn't expect to have those those moments, but they were nice because it made it a little bit more human, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just a reminder of the fragility of us. And God forbid, when any any one of us could end up in the sub dungeon of someone, you know, being born to witness sub dungeon. Well, we we've we've come to say sub dungeons are bad. Exactly, especially because if you get skinned and then treated like a rotisserie chicken, my God, with a heat lamp. I mean, you've already got your ass beat multiple, multiple, multiple times. Then you get all your skin removed, and then you're fucking thrown under a heat lamp and probably dipped in vinegar. You know, literally, if you want to look at it that way, they are technically tenderizing her to prepare for the eventual flaying. Like you would with something in terms of, you know, removing the outer skin. No, it's she was already flayed when they put the heat lamp on her. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking the, the pre-flayed, you know, Man. the tenderizing. What do you think they do with the skin? <laughs> Were you always the guy that would, like, go in with the KFC bucket and get all the skin beforehand? Fuck, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know what the skin is. I want a rotisserie skin. Oh, I bet man. you think they can make chicharrones. I mean, you know how like cannibals eat like long pork. You know, I wonder if they can make like pork rinds out of like human skin. I wonder I, if there's. I mean, it does take all types of critters to make Farmer Vincent's critters. But I wonder if there's like you know. You throw an MSG in there and you're fine. Yeah, that's true. As as we find out. Yeah. Other thoughts. I kind of want pork rinds now. <laughs> um, Shit. Let's see, it was. It was two things. Okay, so two things that stuck out to me at the end, besides the brutal violence and then like just the horrificness. One. It was so odd to see them physically beat somebody that was um, defenseless, chained up, unmercifully beat the snot out of this girl over and over and over. And then when they just come back up from the dungeon and they go about their daily business and everything is morning, honey, and they're just like having a good, like normal day, like another day at the office. I mean, this is like morning, Sam, morning, Ralph, pop, 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 pop. I'm glad you mentioned it because that's the exact thing that went through my head and I didn't want to laugh about it. But I'm like, no, there is just such a mundaneness of it. Right. And no, it's just this another is a, day of the office. I get to work from home. You know, it's 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 kind of terrifying because who knows whether or not they have kids. Right. And they're providing their family, you know, luxury and riches through this. It's, it's like weird blood money. Yeah. Oh, completely and totally. Completely and totally. And then. Uh, good thing for Mass Graves. Very helpful. <laughs> and the end. Okay. The so, end. the ending. Let's talk about the end. So, it's kind of funny. Last week's, not necessarily upsetting, but ambiguous. Choose your own adventure ending. Yes. Which begs the question, and we have, is an answer, but what do you think? Anna whispered to Mademoiselle. The, the, I, I, honestly, I don't know, but whatever it is, it had to have been super good. Because if she's willing to say, okay, cool, I'm ready to go, you know, because you saw that she took a long time to get her madam makeup on. Properly right? preparing herself. To w- Then when she was ready to end it all, she was taking just as long, if not longer, to unprepare herself. I mean, just like a unrevealed that she's relaxed and mm-hmm. comfortable. It wasn't like it was almost like, oh, boy. You know, I'm getting ready, but I know things are going to be great. So I think, like, she heard some good news. Mm -hmm. So in this kind of way, the villain won, and she can't wait. So she wanted to bring everybody, like, okay, so I'm going to kill myself 
now again, this is your choose your own adventure right, story. Right, with the baggage you bring. That's actually interesting because that may very well be it, especially if it's like, no, and especially if it's like, yeah, you're absolutely correct. In fact, because of your work here, they want you to come. You know, it's like you're guaranteeers. But there's also then kind of the flip side of like, no, it's there's nothing like this is all this is what it is. Or what it's we have worse here. or it's worse. Yeah. And which but and again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. But at the same time, do we really want Mademoiselle and all those people to have the happy ending? Or is it just because that's life? Yeah. They're sometimes, rich. Sometimes evil wins. The wealthy, the yeah. wealthy are always going to win because oh, yeah. they have the resources. And yeah, struggle as we may try to be as empathetic and caring as we may we're all just going to be end up meat in the grinder for the rich yeah. and the wealthy and the well-to-dos maybe that's the underlying message behind that maybe do you think like elon musk and like jeff bezos do they participate in this kind of level of of nastiness yeah i'm sure they do i'm sure they do i'm sure they do in some time i'm sure they do they go to a shunting and I'm sure they like participate in like man's the most deadliest game. There we go. And I'm sure they participate in like the research for martyrdom. You know, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they and they can write it off as tax and taxes. You know, like oh, this is an education grant. Okay, cool. Who's it for? Uh, Anna. Well, so what is she studying? Philosophy. Yes. Well, that's what. What kind of cracked me up though is the fact that at the very end of the film. We get kind of the title and then the definition of a martyr, mm-hmm. which is something you would normally see at the beginning. Thought that was a very interesting way to end it, and also just with the silence. Yeah, I mean that's b- pretty ballsy, but and actually the score, I really did like the score. In fact, the buildup of that last theme when they're getting ready to talk about the ascension and how Anna saw she transcended for like two hours, two and a half hours, <sighs> and then she finally died. It's, no, she no, didn't die. She not, just came out of it. She just doesn't want to talk anymore. Right? It, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And even the flayed Slim Goodbody design we get. I was thinking the same thing with Slim Goodbody. It's kind of terrifying, yeah, but it, it works really well. But like I said, that, and I don't know if it's because I'm a jaded horror fan. Like I said, that didn't bother me nearly as much as the, the pounding, the beating, the taking out of the staples. That's the stuff that really got to me. Yeah, none of it was fun. No, And see, no. like... If it, I'm not saying it needed if if it had yakety sax, it would be a different movie. But at the same time, we've seen some significantly more gory, significantly more brutal, sure. and significantly more mean movies. But at the same time, there was always this hint of like fun or levity in this. You know, there was nothing of that in here. It was just again brutal for brutality's sake yeah. to show off of it. And not that there's like a lot of things wrong with it. I mean, people can. If they don't like it, I totally understand. You know, I mean, I 100% dig it if French extremity is not your thing. I can totally understand if French extremity is not your thing. And if it is your thing, I can understand that. I don't even know if it's my thing per se. Right. But I I think this one is hard even by like French extremity term because it's so bleak and mean spirited. There was even a sense of fun in high tension because it was an old school slasher flick. You know, this one is just like, hey, this is not old. This is a new school. It's not torture porn, but it's hard to not say that it is because the last fucking 20 minutes is nothing but pure torture. Let's just say this. This is one of those films that I I, I genuinely think is a good movie. Yes, it's it's 
well written. It's yes. well directed. It's extremely well acted. I mean, everything about this movie works. It's a good, like I said, for the Golden Glove. It's a good movie. It's just not a good movie. It's not one that I'm going to come back to. It's one that if I recommend, it comes with a warning label. And it's not in the rotation. No, no. You know, it is not it's, in the regular rotation. And it's really funny because this is the, technically, I've now seen it twice within the last three years, all because of the show. But that's really funny because, and that's, I think we even said it, you know, I there are certain movies I know I probably wouldn't go out of my way to see unless it was for the show. But also, most every episode we bring on, we're talking about a film that we genuinely like or love. Mm-hmm. You know, this one I can't say I love. No, but we can definitely talk about the good merits because, again, it's well made. It it's very, an interesting story. It's 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 the feel bad movie of the year. There's just probably a little bit more sobbing happening at the end of the cr- closing well, credits there. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're definitely not going to be like, oh, wow, that was fantastic. Hippity hoo. I'm hungry now. Yeah. Although, in fairness, pork rinds do sound pretty tasty. Oh, and I haven't eaten yet, so I'm going to go home and I've Eat got some, some uh, tortilla soup, actually. Mm. Mm, it'll be good. Charlie will appreciate it. So final thoughts on. Martyrs there, Genius McGee. I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, so, you, you, you kind of have to do that. I, I enjoyed it. I, but... I liked it. Liked it. You know? And again, if you have this on repeat, seek help. I mean, I'm sure you dig it, but if you're watching this movie over and over and over again and seeing how you can play, you're not Ramsey Bolton. You're not... <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone. Do you love me, mademoiselle? And he's over there with a the sausage wobbling it around. <laughs> He's got a little bit of a grin there. So now talking about sausage and things that are not everyone's taste and flavor, I cannot wait to get into next week's film. But yeah, I would that be new, new French extreme? New, new new wave. See, I'm getting as bad as him now. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. (laughs) 